And then he stops as if he's found something, all these <laughs> aliens, whoever they are, have found something. And over the next sort of little while, he explains that, okay, John, it turns out what I'm hearing from these aliens is that you've killed 20 million people in a past life. Two million of them deserved it. So you only actually killed 18 million innocent people. And due to the way karmic law works, you now have 18 million locks on your power, which is why you don't know what your purpose is. You're stuck, blah, 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 blah. Um, what else? He said he had to, to release the blocks. They couldn't release them fully because apparently I'm too dangerous and too dark and too this and too that for them to release the blocks. But they can do it on a proviso basis, almost like a probation. And as long as the dude, this guy who's doing the healing, as long as he's willing to feel the pain of these 18 million deaths. So then he's writhing around on the floor and looking at me. Imagine how your parents would look at you if they found out that you'd killed someone. He's looking at me yeah. like that, except in one, except instead of one person. It's 18 million people, in his mind anyway. Hey everybody, welcome to Psychedelic Spotlight. I am here with John Wood of Rage Heart all the way in Sacred Valley, Peru. How are you doing today? I'm good, Sasha. How are you? Uh, I am awesome. I'm actually really excited to dive in and talk about everything we're about to talk about. But I just want to give the audience a little bit of a background on who you are. You're clearly an Aussie, but you're living in Peru. So mm -hmm. can you just tell us a little bit about your journey with even like plant medicine, healing modalities, et cetera, and how you ended up in Sacred Valley? Yeah, so so there's a bit of a story to this, right? <clears throat> I um, if We talk about psychedelics, you know, I, I started taking mushrooms and LSD when I was uh, in Southeast Asia. Uh, not the best place legally to do some of this stuff, but, you know, I did it anyway. We go hiking and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until 2018 that I drank ayahuasca for the first time in Australia. And that kind of opened me up to... I guess the healing potential of, of what these plants, what these substances can do. Uh, but then it was, I think it was two years after that, maybe a year after that, actually, I was in Thailand and um, I was working, sort of doing this coaching swap with, with some people. Um, so mm -hmm. I met some coaches through a business networking group and it turned out they were into psychedelics. I was into marketing. So we did this swap where I would help them out with some of their marketing stuff and uh, they would you know, I could bounce things off with them in terms of, you know, ayahuasca and plant medicine and healing because they'd done it for a lot. They were a bit older than me and they've done it for a lot longer. So we had this yeah. thing going on for a while and eventually they sent me a Facebook ad um, which said something like get unstuck in on purpose. And they were just trying to get some feedback from me on, hey, what do you think about this ad? Is, is this like a, do you think this is going to work? And as soon as I read it, I'm like, I have to work with these guys. This sounds fantastic. So I hired them for, uh, I think it was three grand US and so not a small amount of money. And uh, what it amounted to was a few coaching calls and uh, a mushroom ceremony. And the mushroom ceremony, I would say, is probably the weirdest, most insane, and most fucked up. I hope I can swear. Probably That's all good. It's all yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychedelic thing that I've ever done. And uh, very quickly, the sort of reason for that is they. My intention going into it was, of course, to you know what this Facebook ad said was to get unstuck and on purpose to find my passion, yeah. to find a way to make money with it. And um, so we did this mushroom ceremony and it was all about opening up the, the blocks, getting rid of whatever was in the way of that manifesting. And uh, of course, mushrooms being mushrooms, took a few hours, 
but I was a married couple and this guy was doing apparently some deep healing work and he's talking to aliens. It's like he's on the phone yeah. speaking in an alien language. I'm in their living room floor. It's dark. It's late at night. And he's yeah. talking to these aliens supposedly in another dimension to find out, do I have some past life contracts? You know, like this really kind of pretty out there stuff. Um, really my and first- you had to exposed to this type of thing before. So was this totally like, you know, I, I hate to flog a horse here, but like alien to you, like what you're talking to interdimensional beings right now about your healing. Okay. They told me it was pretty out there. Like they're like, it's out there for out there people. Was I remember what yeah. they said? I hadn't, I've never been into aliens. Like I wasn't that out there. Uh, certainly not that out there. Uh, so when he starts speaking in an alien language, like he's on the phone with them, it, it, it was I mean, by that point, I'd done enough psychedelics to kind of go, okay, there's a lot here that I don't understand. There's a right. lot that, you know, I keep learning things and seeing things and experiencing things that are just completely out of my paradigm. So let's just go with it. I've had some mushrooms. I trust these people, or I did at the time. And so mm -hmm. he's doing this thing, essentially channeling or talking to these dudes in some other place and uh, does all this healing, kind of like Reiki on me. And it's like he's almost done. And then he stops as if he's found something, all these <laughs> aliens, whoever they are, have found something. And over the next sort of little while, he explains that, okay, John, it turns out what I'm hearing from these aliens is that you've killed 20 million people in a past life. Two million of them deserved it. So you only actually killed 18 million innocent people. And due to the way karmic law works, you now have 18 million locks on your power, which is why you don't know what your purpose is, you're stuck, blah, 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 blah. Um, what else? He said he had to, to release the blocks. They couldn't release them fully because apparently I'm too dangerous and too dark and too this and too that for them to release the blocks. But they can do yeah. it on a proviso basis, almost like a probation. And as long as the dude, this guy who's doing the healing, as long as he's willing to feel the pain of these 18 million deaths. So then he's writhing around on the floor and looking at me Imagine how your parents would look at you if they found out that you'd killed someone. He's looking at me yeah. like that, except in one, except instead of one person, it's 18 million people in his mind anyway. And he's, it's like he's being tortured. He's writhing around on the floor. He's looking at me like I'm the worst person ever. And I'm on mushrooms, you know, and then his wife is on the other side. And uh, there's a lot to this story, but to, to keep it short, I walked out of that and not... <laughs> I didn't fully believe it. It wasn't that, but it was like a subtle kind of undermining. And I remember someone said to me around that time, I didn't tell many people because it was so insane, so crazy. Right. But they said, look, if they told this to someone, because I was like, so maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe I'm overreacting. You know, maybe I just don't understand what's really going on here. If I keep working with them, I might. And someone said to me, look, if they'd said this to someone who was more emotionally or mentally fragile, who was already suicidal going into it, that person could walk out of there and kill themselves or be like, well, fuck it. I'm as bad as Hitler. So why not go kill some people uh, if they're already at that level? And so mm -hmm. someone told me that shortly after this whole thing, but it took me three months to really realize what, what had really happened the abuse, the manipulation, the kind of subtle, like brainwashing, like it was really twisted. And it wasn't just that ceremony. It was this continual process of John, you think too much, John, you have trust issues, blah, blah, on and on it went. And, um, okay. So then do you want me to just keep going or do you want, do you want to pause? I, I, I actually find this really fascinating and I'll just 
I'll just jump in and say the reason why I think this is really cool and, and people should actually pay close attention to this is because I, I actually have other friends that have gone through certain psychedelic experiences with certain people of certain types of qualifications. We'll get into the details, but they walk away with a really heavy narrative sometimes that wasn't necessarily for them to have. And it, it affects the outcome of their lives and the choices that they make that aren't necessarily for the best either. And it becomes sometimes an obsession for some people. And I don't know if it's, uh, if it's necessarily a good thing. So this is a really good testimony um, of some of the perils that are out there when you are um, putting yourself in a very vulnerable position with psychedelics. Yeah, well, that's why I like to share it because it's like, before I had this experience with these people, I'm thinking, oh, it's, I, I was quite naive thinking of oh, psychedelic spiritual yeah. healing. Most people, it was like a, I didn't have, it wasn't a conscious assumption, but I had this just underlying or unconscious belief that most people in this space, I'd hear there's bad people, but I'd never had my own, like a, like a gritty face to face experience, like run in with people like this. So I just thought everyone was going to be pretty good. And these guys seems like they were okay. And so it was a fantastic yeah. lesson in just how, twisted and manipulative uh, some people can be especially in the psychedelic and the medicine space not all shamans are created equal and not all have the the best intentions that are out there some are just selling straight up snake oil you really have to do your homework and bet so let this be a warning to all so then okay so you do this you have this experience you you walk away with it uh, away from it, sorry, relatively unscathed, but it was a profound learning for you. Did any healing come out of it? And I, I'm getting to some somewhere with this. It's like, what brought you to this next stage with Rage Heart after experiencing stuff like this when it comes to psychedelics? Well, I mean, where Rage Heart came from was three months after this thing with these people. I'd, I'd still been hanging out with them, going to lunch with them. They were friends. My uh, girlfriend at the time, she was working with them too. And uh, three months after this whole, this, the ceremony, the genocide ceremony happened, um, yeah. I started learning about the nervous system. And this is where it ties into Rage Heart. started learning about the fight and flight response and how to start to feel what's really happening in the body. And I'd meditated for a long time and there's some great stuff there. I'd done a lot of yeah. the things that most people know about and they'd helped me in different ways, but it wasn't until I started playing with the nervous system and learning how to come out of like a, they call it, sympathetic or fight or flight activation down mm -hmm. into parasympathetic that I started to feel what I was actually feeling in response to what had happened with these people. And once that happened, I realized how angry I was because of the boundaries that were crossed and how sad I was because I realized what had happened. And also the girl I was dating at the time, they were, it was very messy where they'd gotten very in her head about me. Mm -hmm. So then that relationship ended up ending because of mm -hmm. a lot of things that they said it may have ended anyway to be fair but it was just you know i was in love you know i'm thinking we're going to get married and have kids one day like it was it was at that pretty serious point and um, yeah. and it, it took dropping into the body and this nervous system stuff which is what i teach people now in rage Art. it's why i started rage Art is because this stuff helped me so it saved my life i feel like maybe not literally like i'm not saying i would have died if i kept working with these people but it's like a cult if you look at cults people get dragged into cults and they can spend 10 to 20 they can spend their whole life in there some people do die totally. in cults and so yeah. what saved me was getting into the body and then following on from that there was a lot of work learning about cults and manipulation but also playing you know keep continuing to work with the nervous system and then doing it with 
psychedelics. So with you know I've <laughs> done plenty of different um, psychedelics since then. Uh, it was an incredible learning experience in terms of confronting. It, it brought up some things in relation to my childhood, which because I'm like, how do I how did I fall for this? This is not. So most people I told, they're like, that's ridiculous. How did you, like, why would you believe any of that? No, and yet, I, don't and yet I got caught here, up I in it. Yeah. Right? And so I, tra- yeah. I traced it back eventually going, oh, this is, <laughs> to cut a long story short, eventually I realized that, I brought this brought tears to my eyes when I realized this. It was like, oh, my, my unconscious, what do you call it? Whatever you want to call it. My unconscious, the universe, God. It's like this whole situation with these coaches. I created it to teach myself a lesson about something that was unresolved in me from childhood mm-hmm. with one of my parents. And so, what, you know, what, there was a lot of anger and rage and various emotions after, like, that took probably a year or two to work through and just the various ideas and bullshit that came in to process a lot of that. But eventually it's like, oh, this was beautiful. It was magic because now I, was, I ended up going back to Australia after that and working through some things with this family member who we're no longer talking now. So that didn't work out right. too well, but that's also not did. that surprising either. It happens, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then that brings me to Peru where I was back in Australia working through all this stuff, doing the healing, I suppose, with the nervous. The, the two tools for me, which have just really made most other things irrelevant, are the nervous system work, which I teach in Rage Heart, and then psychedelics. Nothing else to me comes close to that. And um, so anyway, so I was back in Australia. Yeah doing using those two tools to work through this stuff and other things and then uh, eventually so it all connects in together right why i'm here in peru because the whole thing with the coaches led me back to okay there's there's this thing unresolved with someone in my family who maybe not behaved exactly like this but played similar gaslighting minimization all these little manipulative subtle these subtle manipulative dynamics which led to me i think feeling like oh there's something wrong with me so then when these coaches said, John, you're arrogant, you're this, you're trust, you're blah, but you're dark. I'm like, well, maybe it is true because that's what I'd learned as a kid. And, uh, but eventually I traced that back to childhood, to the per- I think to the primary person where it came from. And <laughs> this can happen. Confronting them, at first it was okay, but eventually it became clear that this person's not willing to, not they're ready. not ready to change. They're not ready. To, it's, they're, yeah. they're too used to the dynamic that we've been in. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a big fight and now we're no longer talking. So that happened. And I'm um, like, well, I got to get out of here. Um, decided to leave Australia. And that was when I remembered I had people in, I knew of, very loosely, knew a couple of people in the Sacred Valley in Peru. Okay. Uh, had, a, yeah. had a couple of phone calls with them. Uh, grabbed my sister as well. She came. Because I was just looking for somewhere where there's plenty of plant medicine and ideally legal so we could do as much of it as we want. And just a fantastic community of like amazing like-minded people who are doing this work, the heart-centered, beautiful people. And so we came yeah. here and that's pretty much exactly what we've found. I just want to take a moment and say thank you for your journey. Thank you for sharing and showing up like this today. Your story of how you got here, it's a its a really important testimony. Two things that really stand out for me. Number one is that, you know, we use psychedelics to potentiate healing and to actually potentiate the parasympathetic state sometimes when it comes to doing the work of trauma uh, management and managing anxiety and these types of things. 
But there's a very important lesson here that unless you do it in the right set and setting with the right people, with the right intention and the right education, it could actually lock trauma right in your body. And you'll have to do more work to figure that out later. So while it is really powerful shot in the arm when it comes to clarity and healing it is really powerful in the wrong hands too so it's a it's a it's a tale of caution with a really good uh ending though when it comes to what you figured out with the um the autonomic nervous system so this is kind of really important because we always talk about this in the psychedelic space of potentiating outcomes for healing but it really does come down to how the body is responding to the environment. For those who are just getting to know this space or don't really understand the difference between parasympathetic and sympathetic, can you just give us a little bit of a, an overview on like what that is? Well, the, the simplest way to think about it, and this is not this is probably a bit reductionist, but you've got an accelerator and a brake in your nervous system, like a car. And so your sympathetic system is the accelerator. If you're, I mean, at a sort of towards the higher end, it's going to, that's your fight or flight response. So if something happens, there's a threat, you want to run away, you're going to fight back, but it's also active. If you're walking around, if you're, uh, if you're doing a workout, if you're going for a run, this is the sympathetic system in action. And then on the other end, you've got the brake. So you've got like a speeding up, the accelerator, and then a slowing down, which is the brake, the parasympathetic. And this is where we're at ideally when we're sleeping, when we're eating food, when we're right now as we're doing this podcast, when we're like socially engaged. That's the other side. And in a healthy person, there's we're not in, stuck in one or the other so it's not about always being calm and it's not about always being excited and let's go let's do all this stuff it's about being able to move through all of it and not get stuck anywhere so that's an overview yeah and i feel like a lot of people i mean i think it's the malas like or the malays of the world right now it's i think most people are stuck actually in in the uh, sympathetic in the in the fight or flight i, I and I can say firsthand, I have been stuck there for many years and it caused an illness actually, like an autoimmune illness because I just never figured it out. Like I never figured out how to regulate my own um, nervous system. So let's talk a little bit about Rage Heart and how Rage Heart is, um, it's, it's a program, it's a course, how does it work? What, what do people do when they join up for Rage Heart and how does it work with the nervous system? Mm-hmm. Well, so Rage Heart's an audio program at the moment anyway. You go through the 60 rages, I call them lessons, and you listen, you know, stick your headphones in, however you want to listen to it. And then it's like a guided, I really don't want to call it meditation. That's probably the thing okay. it's closest to. But meditation, it, it, to me, it's just been such a different thing to meditation. Meditation to me is I'm sitting there perfectly still with my eyes shut and I'm watching my breath. I may be tracking sensations in the body. And there is an element of that to what I teach people in Rage Heart and the whole nervous, the way of working with the nervous system. Mm-hmm. But it's really about, there's, it's partly theory. So understanding the different ways that stress, or we can call it trauma in the nervous system, or trauma doesn't really, doesn't refer to the event. So it's not about what happened to us. It's not about the thing when we were three years old or seven years old or, or any of the events. It's about the response that happened at that time in our body that got stuck. 
So what's traumatic yeah. for one person isn't necessarily traumatic for someone else. It's about the, really it's about the stress chemicals, the energy that's released at the time of the stress that gets caught up and stuck in the muscles and the bones and the fascia. Uh, that's the, that, that's what they call trauma in the nervous system world. So that's like an, like a small piece of the theory, but understanding where all this comes from. Why is it there in the first place? Because to me, nothing else ever explained in my experience what, why we have all these issues. Why are we stuck? One of the things is you mentioned society being fairly sympathetic and that you could think of that as partly it's just, it's the culture we live in. It's like everyone's drinking coffee, Red Bull. It's go, go, go. It's very success and achievement oriented. It's very oriented or built around sympathetic energy of doing stuff. And we aren't really like all of our heroes, all of the people we look up to, they're all very successful, very sympathetic. Some people functional freeze is another one. So if we go too sympathetic, we move into freeze. So someone can still be functional, but they're actually very shut down in a lot of other ways. <laughs> they can get very sick yeah. in that way. So, so Ray Chart is yeah. got partly the theory, which is some of that stuff. Then there's all kinds of different techniques, different ways of using awareness or all the different ways that the nervous system uses to regulate and create a sense of, to move between sympathetic and parasympathetic. So an example of that would be um, orienting. Uh, and the best... I mean, we, human, everyone does this. Mammals do this. If you watch animals, cats, dogs, yeah. there's a sound. They'll, whoosh, they look straight towards it. Or if you heard yeah. like a big bomb or, a big, you know, some big loud noise outside your window, as long as you're decently regulated in the nervous system, yeah, you'd, you might jump and you're going to look towards a threat called the potential threat. They call it defensive orienting. So as you look towards it, is it a threat? No? Oh, it's just a car, whatever reset and then yeah. we, so we go slightly sympathetic and then come down to parasympathetic and so this is just right. one of the ways that the nervous system is moving or trying to regulate itself regulate that stress response and by consciously engaging these different instincts we can then start to have conscious control over that fight or flight response and sometimes it's about bringing it down knowing yeah. that okay if i start to orient and start to look and see if it's actually safe around me that's going to give my nervous system the message that it's okay to relax. It's not about saying I'm safe. Yeah. It's about feeling and seeing it. But other times, say certain breathing exercises, it can be better to actually let the, let the sympathetic thing start to come up because something's moving in the system. And if we take a deep breath and shut it down, that can block the release of whatever the stress is that's coming up. So Fascinating. So then I have another question and that's, because I was going to ask you, what is this correlation with the branding, right? Between regulating the nervous system and what you have on your website, which is unleash the beast. And to me, it kind of feels like uh, unleashing a beast might be the opposite of like calming a nervous system. But what you're saying, it's not always about calming the nervous system. Can you, can you explain what unleash the beast means? Yeah, that's a reference to one of the guys, one of the guys who pioneered a lot of stuff in this space has a book called waking the tiger and it's a play on that same idea where his point is that animals in the wild wild animals tigers they're in a fight for their survival every single day far more than we are you know we stress yeah. out if the wi-fi goes out you know or if we don't get enough likes yeah. on a facebook post and wild animals are literally you know it's life or death every single day with food shelter getting attacked um but so you'd think based on that, they should be more stressed out, more anxious. They should have more PTSD because they're clearly exposed to more acute stress events or even chronic stress because it's every single day. But the yeah. truth is actually the opposite. Wild animals are far less likely 
to end up with PTSD and all the different, you know, anxiety, depression, all the different things that can happen, mental, emotional health issues. But you stick them in captivity, they start ending up with those things. So his point is that a wild animal or a beast, in the case of rage heart, is, you know, you think about a mammal or a nervous system that has these instincts for regulating the nervous system. It's, it's all these instincts for regulating itself are alive and intact. Whereas okay. in the West, in our culture, think about like school. We're so, we're like raised to think, thinking machines. We're not taught how to feel, whether that's intentional or not, it's beside the point. But we live in a very mental, intellectual kind of culture. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever reason, I'd love to know, I'd love to see some science on this, but for whatever reason, when we're thinking all the time, these feelings, this energy that gets stuck in the body, it doesn't get released. And so it builds up. And so when I'm saying unleashing the beast, it's about reactivating this, this sort of, for most people, it's a long lost part of themselves that they didn't even know they were missing. Is it like primal? Is it like, is it guttural? Is it like, is it, am I going to be growling if I, if I do this every day? Well, well, think about like, it's like we think about crying is one way to release emotion, right? Uh, Screaming. I think about the fight or flight response, the fight response, well, the flight response to me, the energy of that is fear, right? So if we're, there's a threat, we're going to feel fear and that fear is going to give us the energy to run away, right? So right. The, the fear is like the fuel of the fight response, of the flight response, the fight response, right? Attacking, well, what's the fuel of that? Anger, rage, Anger. aggression, yeah. right? So growling. Yeah. So <laughs> this is probably why, partly why I named the company Rage Art because a huge part of my journey has been working with having that aggression that energy that fuel of the fight that fight that fight energy that really kill energy start to come through the system and when that happens the first time it happened i've just i see fresh off the uh just done a san pedro weekend in australia we did san pedro and mdma in the same weekend it was not the same time different days it was amazing um and off the back of that i like yelling and growling at each other (laughs) i'm just trying to no, these people weren't into like the, the nervous system stuff. The, the nervous system thing happened okay. afterwards. So we had like a, you know, okay. MDMA was cuddles and, and uh, San Pedro was walking cool. through the national park. Yeah. yeah. But then on the way home from that, like a few days later, I, something came up that weekend and um, I took it to a guy I was working with one-on-one to work with the nervous system. And uh, yeah. he, I was in a camper van. I was traveling around Australia in a camper van at that time just for fun. And I'd pulled up in this tiny little country town at this, you know, like a little park beside a lake. And I have this session with him. And I'm like, look, I told him a bit about the weekend and said, oh, I've got this, I've got this like spot in my solar plexus. And it feels like, it feels like someone had like a, a rope or a belt wrapped really tightly around there. You know, like if, and the whole body was like sucked in right into the solar plexus. It's just like this ache or pain. Yeah. And he's like, okay cool let's work with that and so this is an example of just how intense or primal it can get um, okay he's like do this do a do a few karate sounds like a ha right and try and send it very similar to an ikaro like in ayahuasca using sound to disrupt or shake up stored energy yeah. so do that into the solar plexus and then just watch it and then for the next 40 minutes i think it took about 40 minutes at first not a lot happened, but then the breathing started to increase, right? Which is a sign it's moving. I'm moving into, para, into sympathetic fight or flight. So instead of a normal relaxed breath, my breath starts going. Yeah, yeah. And the sensation starts moving up. 
moves into the chest. And the higher it gets, the more my breathing increases. So it... And as it gets into the throat, the growls start quite spontaneously. This had never happened before to me. It was a bit strange. So it's like a... So it moves up. Eventually it gets to the face. So it goes all the way up the throat, into the mouth. And by that point, I'm feeling... It's like tingles and vibrate, like the whole skin around my eyebrows, around the lips yeah. is like, uh, it's like it's um, like vibrating or twitching, almost like pins and needles. And okay. I'd done some training before this. So I had a sense of what was going on. Okay, this is the, the fight energy. And <laughs> so then the growls like, became very like, <laughs> and then, and then uh, part of the things, part of the things you learn, right, is that you look at dogs or cats, when they're angry, what do they do? They raise their lip, they raise their upper lip, they snarl, they bare their teeth, like yeah. right. Their yeah. eyes will narrow to focus on the threat, right? So there's these different physiological signs or expressions of aggression, energy of the fight response, and so that's a way to work with it. So that's what I started doing is narrowing because that's what, what I was feeling was almost like trapped expression, like something that wanted to move through the face and express itself as rage or aggression. So I'm like. <laughs> doing all the face stuff, the snarling with the growling together. And it just went on and on for this. Probably the whole thing probably took about 45 minutes. There's a family outside my van, maybe like, I don't know, 40 feet, 50 feet away having a picnic. And I'm like, fuck, I hope they can't hear me. This is going to sound pretty weird. (laughs) So, and then, so, so, and then it came up, there were plenty of other times when it came up since then. And I didn't do it at that, at that first time, but, like another technique is getting a like a towel and rolling it up and as that energy is moving through the system trying to rip the mm-hmm. towel in half as if it's someone's neck say if you're angry with someone or angry with something so it's a way to okay. channel or move the energy uh, and it doesn't it's not necessarily going to work say someone just goes oh great i'm just going to go and do this right now it's it like you can do that and practice it that way but it, it's it's almost like a spontaneous thing when the energy comes through that's when it really makes the difference so when someone learns to work with this and when the aggression's ready to come. And this is very, I was taught that like, this is very intense energy. It's not typically something that comes up first because it's, because it's so much for the nervous system to handle. It's someone's just not going to have the, call it the capacity, the ability, the awareness to work with that. Usually in the beginning, I think it took a year and a half before it started working, coming out for me. So it takes time. It's not something that necessarily happens straight away. And there's an element of spontaneity with it. But yeah, that's just an example of just how primal, like it's when it's coming, like when I've done it before, like it's, 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 it really feels like it's like the energy that wants to kill, but then having, cause that's what it is. That fight thing, you're trying to attack or kill the threat to then restore safety. So then go, okay, now I'm safe again. I can go back to parasympathetic. So it's, yeah, it's very, yeah, it can be very intense, very primal, but Another interesting thing with it is that um, so aggression is not just about fighting and killing or attacking. Aggression can be the energy that helps us get shit done. Right. So if someone's finding, I just don't have enough motivation. I just can't be bothered to do anything. Mm -hmm. I I, like, why can't I have better boundaries? Why don't I stand up for myself? Why don't I go after what I want? Sometimes the reason can be is that this aggression, this fight response is blocked. And so all that energy that they would normally have access to, or if they were perfectly healthy, that they would have access to is it's like it's jammed up or frozen up in their nervous system. And so starting to do this work and start to unlock this 
it's like stuck life force. The more of it we free up and unlock, the more energy we have for creating whatever life we want to have. So it's like, it's magic. Yeah, John, I, I feel like I could become an advocate coach. So just so you know, like maybe you could diagnose me. No, but like, seriously, I, I walk around every day with this sensation in the pit of my stomach and my solar plexus. Like it's like on fire almost, or like that feeling you described in the article where you just caught yourself falling in a chair. Like that's kind of like how I feel like every day right here. And then here in my, in my heart area, it's like always open, but like not in a good way, like in a way that's kind of like oversensitive, even words will sometimes, it feels like knives are going in right here, like little micro knives. There's like so much shit. And I don't even know how to express it because it's like in society, you don't, you don't express it. You don't, you don't get angry. You don't yell at people. You don't set boundaries. That's a no-no, especially as a parent, all you parents out there, you can't just yell at your teenagers. You know, like, this is like not okay. You can't do that. You also can't kill them, by the way. So how you deal with that, that blocked fucking energy, you know, like this sounds really appealing to me and I can't meditate it away. I can try to sit there and be present <laughs> with the feeling. It doesn't work for me. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's impossible to say, like, I wouldn't have known what, before that came up, the thing in the solar plexus came up. I would have, like, it's always just guesses. Um, yeah. And like I said, the stories of what it's about, you know, it can be useful sometimes. There can be memories that come through as a feeling things. But a lot of it's, it's like a journey of curiosity, like going into it. Yeah. Going, okay, well, I'll use these different techniques for grounding awareness into the body and creating space yeah. and capacity and safety so that then things can start to move. But as for what it is or when it moves, all of that, it's all, I mean, this is very similar to you go drink ayahuasca, San Pedro, mushrooms, like all of it. It's, it's all the same thing of learning to surrender to, you can say surrender to the medicine, but it's also surrendering to your own body, to not thinking. Your own body. Yeah. I still make this mistake. I have ideas. Oh, it should happen now. I want to tap. I want to fix it now. I want to, uh. And it's like learning to go, okay, maybe I don't know what I need right now. I know I need to feel, I know I need to be here and be present and take some time right. off as well and play some video games or something. But when things heal, when things move is very much, it's like, it's up to the body. And yeah. Yeah. So letting go of all of our ideas about it and engaging with the tools, the practices in a really, and this is a process of learning this, <laughs> just being open and trusting okay. that your body knows when to do it. So there's a, there's a comment on your website. They say, the daily rage is great. It's clear, crazy, raw, and real. Is this part of, you know, maybe like guttural, like yelling and like grunting? Is that the daily rage? I'm just curious. I'm curious. You know, this is fairly new in the grand scheme of things, but I'm still okay. the daily rage. Maybe, maybe it'll be that. Maybe we need to change a name. Now, the daily rage is a daily email newsletter, right? So that's where that's really probably the entry point. <laughs> Okay, so there you go. Maybe, it. maybe it's not the best name. Maybe we need to call it the, the daily newsletter or something, the daily dispatch. It's a daily email newsletter where you really, it's yeah, the starting point where I sort of tell stories and share some basic sort of tips and tricks to help people get started right. and give them some more information so they can figure out if this is an approach they want to work with. Like the, and then if they do, I do have a paid course called the Academy. I'm sort of starting to call it the Academy, the Rage Heart Academy. So we've got the Rage Heart Daily right. Rage and we've got the Rage Heart Academy. But the aggression stuff Sorry. is not really dealt with until 
you know, two months in because it's like oh, really? early. Yeah, early. It depends where someone's at. Everyone's in a different place. But yeah. in my experience, like it's really important to lay down like fundamentals. Like, can you feel the ground right now? Can you stay connected to the environment around you? Can you do that when it's easy, right? When shit's calm. Because if you can't do that when it's calm, when like it's like the charges that are staying in the nervous system, they don't seem to want to move until we're ready no. for them to move. And if we can't stay embodied and connected to our sensations when things are easy, we're not going to be able to do it when it's hard. If we can't do it when it's hard, it's not going to work. So that's why it's, you know, in Rage Art, it, I put a huge amount of emphasis on like fundamentals, kind of like, I don't have the yeah. guitar in here at the moment, but you want to learn how to play the guitar, you take a scale. Well, this is one part of learning it. And you don't get a new scale every day. You take one scale and you play it every day with a metronome. Mm -hmm. The next day you do it again, maybe a little bit quicker. The next day, a little bit quicker again. It's the same scale and it can even feel boring. It's like, I'm not really getting any better. But if you do that for a while, you get so good at that scale that now you can start to shred and make really cool music. And so, because I've had people come through Rage Chat like, this is too slow. Like, and sometimes I get the feeling that they're looking for like the, the big thing that's going to change everything. And in my experience, well, aren't we all <laughs> exactly right. I do it too. Yeah. Instead, it's like finding the, 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 you know, these sort of fundamental foundational practices, the scales, but for the nervous system and playing with that over and over and over again, getting really good at that. And then that's when yeah. things really start to open up. So you talk about 7.3 minutes to unleash the beast on your, on your website. I, I got to bring it up. So it's like, is that. Uh, um, a nervous system regulation, like like a like a status check type thing that you can do in seven minutes or under. Or what is that? Actually, no. It's actually I hate to disappoint you, but it's just a reference to. Um, you could probably read an email in seven point three minutes or less. So one of the daily rages, one of the stories, yeah. one of the tricks, one of the tips that could be seven point three minutes or less. But I like your idea though. It could be. <laughs> I, I think you could like, cause like I've heard that there's some stretches you could do like, right. Like for the vagus nerve, uh, I don't know if folks know about the, the vagus nerve. Maybe you could explain a little bit about it, but I've heard that there are some stretches that we can do just to even recalibrate that. Yeah. Yeah. You could totally do that. The vagus nerve is part of how the parasympathetic or it's a branch of the parasympathetic nervous system. One part of it goes down the front, the ventral vagal to the, so there's two parts off it depends how science how deep you want to go here but there's two parts to the parasympathetic you've got the social engagement part where we're eating food di you know digesting food <clears throat> we're talking like we are right now then you've got your dorsal mm -hmm. vagal which goes down the back down to your gut which is uh, we're th talking about gut feelings with that we're talking about if you if you see a gazelle or you think about a person in a car accident and they go into shock they've gone so far past fight or flight that they're in freeze so that's you know we could think about the break but instead of the break going on softly which is what we want when we're most of the time for sleeping, eating, digesting. It's like the yeah. brakes have been slammed on as hard as they can. And the person's so shut down uh, that they can't feel anything. And so what you're talking about of toning that vagus nerve, so using like turning your head and neck is one of the exercises I teach in Rage Heart, right? Where you... Very cool. <laughs> so again, the orienting, right? If we think about orienting as a way to regulate. Orienting, yeah, yeah. Right? We talked about before, right? There's a threat. We orient towards the threat to kind of go, is it a threat? Is it not a threat? So it's not just the eyes that do it. It's our head and neck. So if there's a threat around, we might be like moving our head and neck very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. So this is going to, this is like a, almost a, an expression of sympathetic. So to activate parasympathetic, rest and digest, or to tone the vagus nerve, different ways of talking about it. 
if you start to turn your head and neck really slowly, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. while feeling the ground beneath you, you know, starting yeah. to tie these things together, the movement with the, you know, seeing ground, breath, head and neck, it starts to really yeah. activate that ventral vagal. Um, and it's going to bring you into that parasympathetic. So yeah, that's a cool idea. Have a 7.3 minute exercise just so I can say it and be like, yeah, you, you get this when you sign up. I, I'm a marketing genius. What can I say? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, am, I am passionate about this because it, it's, it's near and dear to me as a topic um, for my whole family. And, um, you know, I think it's just really important, folks. Like one of the main takeaways here is like psychedelics are fantastic, but they are not the cure-all answer to everything. There's still so much work you have to do and integrate into your daily lives. And part of it is about connecting with the body. And so many of us live from the neck up. I've been guilty of being fully just mentally uh, going through life and and not even feeling anything from below my shoulders, just completely disconnected. And it's part of health. You really have to get connected with your body, feel and move this energy. And there's a lot of techniques out there, yoga, meditation. And I like how you you talk about like writing and journaling in expensive journals, which also doesn't work for me. But sometimes that it, it sometimes it works for people. Like if there are, you know, there are techniques out there, they really hit the point with folks. But for people like me, where the energy is stuck, maybe something a little bit more beastie is what's necessary in terms of like actually moving the energy and reconnecting and grounding with the body. And I can see that coupling very well if you're doing like a microdosing protocol or, you know, preparing for a macrodose or something like that, or taking something from a macrodose experience and now integrating it even more in your daily life. Yeah. Well, I think part of, you know, even before I found all this nervous system stuff, I'd had like these peak experiences with different psychedelics where like, you know, the mind just dissolves and it's bliss and it's heaven. And it was great. But then I'd come back to this world, three, whatever you want to call it, 3d reality, waking. And, you know, I'd have an afterglow for a week or two, but then I'd come back and I'm still just the same, basically exactly the same. And so I was forever searching, how do I like, do I have to become enlightened or something? Like, how do I bring more of this goodness into my day to day? How do I bring it back? And it was the, the, this somatic stuff, this nervous system stuff, learning to be in the body that for me at least was really was the key. It still continues to be the key. It's been three and a, probably go almost three and a half years now. I'm in the sacred Valley and I'm, I came over here thinking everyone's going to get this stuff already. Everyone here already knows about this stuff. And my experience, a lot of people still don't even in, you know, really deep in the land of psychedelics wow. and plant medicine and ayahuasca, this whole way of being in the body to be embodied being out of tied into movement, you know, like that gentle head and neck, there's a lot of that in Rage Heart. It's still not very well known, but for me, it's, it really has been a, such a huge, huge, huge piece for integrating, yeah. for bringing that like, that like the bliss and the joy and the peace and just that, you know, when you get with psychedelics, sometimes they can just shut down the mind and you're just like, oh, I, I'm just awesome. quite relaxed. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at the mountain and I'm, I'm not thinking, I'm just looking at it. You know, I'm just here, man. It's awesome. I'm just yeah. here. Yeah. And I'm not saying that yeah. like, you know, the nervous system stuff was like, it was like a magic button and then I'm just, it's just done and it's permanently done. It, it's not that it's still a process. It still takes work and effort. Um, and I'm still going with, I, to me, it just keeps going and getting better and better, but it really was like, it just blew everything. All the other stuff is great. I've journaled, I've meditated, I've done it all. 
done breath work and they, they're all great in different ways. But to me, it's almost like they're I'm trying to find better ways to explain this, but it's like they're all different pieces of the puzzle. The nervous system yeah. thing was like the central foundational piece. Once I had that, all the other stuff starts to make sense and I know where to fit it in. But until I had that, it's like, it's like I've just got all these different pieces and I don't know really where they fit or how to use them properly. Whereas now I don't really meditate at all, very occasionally. Though some people right. probably call what I do kind of close to meditation, but to me, it's so different. You know, the point right. is, the point is that this stuff, it really was a huge key for bringing that, that amazing stuff back from the psychedelics into here and now. Big question for the audience then. Um, now that you've discovered your own rage heart and you, you're obviously the biggest advocate for it because you're teaching it to people, this, this, uh, accessing your nervous system and regulating, uh, in appropriate ways at appropriate times for different sets and settings. But I want to ask that, go back to that original story and the anger that you had and all the emotion that you had about family stuff in your history now would you say that you've been able to move that energy for the most part and you've experienced like a full healing or close to that in in terms of how you feel in your body and in your mind that's a good question i think i struggled to let go of <clears throat> like what happened with those coaches i took me i think even like 18 months after that happened almost two years i was still like I tried all the things to just let it go, to forgive, to blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah. I still couldn't, I couldn't do it. Even with all the somatic stuff, like I'm like, there's different exercises of working with aggression and anger and impulses, things that I might want to do to someone, different techniques. Um, so I'd done all that stuff and yeah. it was great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, some of it's very intense, you can imagine. Uh, but eventually yeah. I'm like, I have to do something. So I, like, I have to actually strike back essentially call it revenge if you want. I don't know, but I decided to write an article about what happened. So it was a very five, 6,000 word article about the whole experience. Yeah. And I put it into Google, put it on my website, ranked it. I did some marketing on it. So it shows up for their names. Like I did everything I could to make sure that it ranks for their, to, it's out there and it's easy to find. And for whatever reason that doing something with the aggression in the real world, not just a like therapeutic exercise, I think since then, like it's still there. I, I don't like them, like, but I don't, I don't think about them very often. Like I don't, like it's just not really, a, I don't know. It just, it's just it's still there. I'll never forget it, but it's not like, a, I don't feel like I'm still holding on, you know, something about, you know, and this is another thing, another sort of programming thing that came through at that time. It's like, we're told to, at least in the Western culture, I grew up going to church, turn the other cheek. And yeah, there's probably absolutely. wisdom in certain examples of that. But the thing that I like took away from that experience was sometimes when there are bad people and bad people do bad things, sometimes good people, you know, we're all bad in our different ways, I suppose. But I think it's important to hold people accountable, to strike back, to do something. Not always depends on the situation and the person. But for me, at least that was a huge part of the healing process. Um, and so, it, you know, so so key because like I'm told that I'm too passive and I think that anger that doesn't get exercised is turning into like a sickness I think a lot of people can relate to that right because I'm like oh no you know same programming turn the other cheek we don't want to be as bad as the perfect as the perpetrator or whatever but there sounds like inside a lot of us there's an inner fucking warrior man and like you have to you have to honor that warrior I mean and that was why the nervous system thing was so 
like because it took the shame away it's like all this anger this desire to like destroy like i had never felt anger yeah. like this the fact that someone could come in and get inside my head and twist things around and then do it to my girlfriend at the time like the rage like <laughs> i was in a different country than them i don't think i would have gone over to their place and done anything in reality but mm -hmm. man i wanted to like i fucking wanted to destroy them to hurt them, yeah. to make them feel what I was feeling at that, like, like, and I'd never seen that side of myself because up until when I'd found this nervous system stuff, if you asked me if I was angry, I'd be like, no, I'm just not an angry person. Well, you know, occasionally. <laughs> so like, that, that's the contrast, right? I never used to get angry. And then now I'm like, uh, the nervous system thing was like, no, you're meant to be angry. If someone crosses a line with you, there is a survival response. That is how we've evolved. And this, and yeah. depending on the, the, I guess the scale or the, the, yeah, the magnitude of the violation is going to relate to the magnitude of the survival response. So if there's been a big violation of the boundary, there's going to be a big, generally, survival response. It can be yeah, fear or absolutely. anger or both, or it's just all energy. And how it was expressing in me was that rage. And so, so it took the shame out of it because it's like my body has evolved over millions of years to respond in this way. And now exactly. all I need to do is find a healthy way to release this energy that doesn't involve actually going and someone, hurting yeah. these, actually killing someone or actually hurting someone. And that's what's so magical about it because it, it's like a way for people to finally release energy from their nervous system that's been there for not even their life, for generations because it comes from there's gener generational stuff how this plays out. So it's like it's incredible yeah. what this does. This is fascinating. So for folks that want to uh, get a daily rage, um, they just, I guess, head on over to your, your website, right? And they can sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, the best place to begin is Rageheart. Just go to rageheart.co. It's like Braveheart, but rageheart.co. <laughs> or you can just Google Rageheart, I think. That should be number one. And uh, just go to the homepage. There's a little box there. Put your email address in and sign up for the Daily Rage, which is not a daily screaming session. It's a daily email newsletter where you can learn more and see if this approach feels good to you and if you want to go further with it. Uh, that is so awesome. I think this will appeal to a lot of people uh, watching and listening today. John, I want to thank you so much. Um, I'll probably be checking out your course uh, myself. Um, family Ragers here. <laughs> so it'll be good, good to move that energy around. Uh, yeah, again, thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you around. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you.